0: Hello and welcome into today's show on Kingdom Conversations. I am your host, Pastor Caleb McCall. And man, do we have a treat for you, our listeners, today. I'm so excited to have my good friend, Pastor Joshua Reyes, all the way over from Mercedes, Texas, uh, So Fire Revival Center there in Mercedes, Texas. He said, it's not just South Texas, it's South, South Texas. Amen, right, brother? So (laughs) praise the Lord. Welcome on uh, thank you for being on the show with us today.
1: Thank you, Pastor Caleb, for having me. It's an absolute honor. It's a privilege. It's great to be able to catch up with you. And, uh, I'm excited for where this kingdom conversation is going to go.
0: Yeah, man. Awesome. Awesome. A lot of people that are connected to me, um, here locally in Tennessee area, uh, in the Tennessee area have connected with you via social media, man. The Lord is just, uh, really blessed your influence on social media platforms and i have shared so much of your stuff and now i see all people at all in my sphere of influence sharing your stuff and i think it's amazing man because you um you man you just throw out such good information nuggets um theological stuff just words prophetic things and uh it's a blessing to me to be connected with you on there and i know so many of our listeners uh, that'll check out today's episode, feel the same way. And so thank you for that. By the way, give him a little plug here. If you don't follow Joshua Reyes, go follow him on Facebook, Instagram, social media, uh, get connected with him. Uh, he he just really blesses the kingdom um, with things that he posts on there. So thank you for that, brother. Hey, let's start this conversation out, man, and tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. For those of those listening today that might not know you, might not know much about you or who you are, why don't you give us a little glimpse into the life of Pastor Joshua Reyes and how you came to the Lord, brother?
1: Amen. So uh, so starting out, I was basically born and raised in church, in a Christian church. Uh, my parents, uh, you know, they raised me in the Nazarene denomination, and so I grew up there. I was there probably up until my teenage years. Um, and then like many people, I strayed away and I kind of did my own thing. Uh, I began to kind of question my identity, get involved in things that I wasn't supposed to. And so um, I uh, was in the LGBTQ plus community for a yeah. while. I actually worked at a gay club at the same time wow, uh, while yeah. working a secular job. I moved away from home. Um, I started drinking until basically I would black out. And several mm. times I had to get carried out of the club because yeah, of wow. that. Um, I didn't really smoke much, but I, I, I would do it when I was drunk. Um, and then I, I, stepped into taking ecstasy pills. And so, um, I did that for a short time and then I had an accidental overdose in which the Lord captivated me and grabbed a hold mm-hmm. of me. And essentially, um, I asked him if I could have another chance. And I, and I told him, you know, four things, um, in the middle of my, in the middle of my overdose before the ambulance got there, Yeah, uh, I, I said, God, I I'm looking back on my life and I'm recognizing that I was such a bad influence mm-hmm. and, uh, and I did everything wrong against your will, against your word. And. I could be leading my friends to hell. So I'm asking if you give me another chance, if you give me another opportunity, Mm. I want to do it right this time. And, and I want to, I want to sing for you. I want to dance for you. I want to preach for you and I want to teach for you. And if you allow me, I'll do those four things. Um, now essentially at that time, I, I thought within my heart that I meant to like once in a while, like, you know when the pastor's out of town i'll, I'll share <laughs> i'll share a word or you know yeah. during the holidays I'll, I'll, I'll play an instrument and sing one special or something and uh the lord took me on this beautiful journey i had about six months of withdrawal symptoms in wow. and out of the hospital i lost all my friends lost my job uh, i just basically moved back home and did nothing but bible study and worship mm-hmm. um wow. ministered to my own family which uh they were experiencing things that they had never experienced before in the supernatural Mm -hmm. because of the warfare that I was facing. Um, And so the Lord after that led me to ministry school in Houston. So by faith, I dropped everything that I had going on here. Mm. And I moved to to Houston, God opened up all the right doors. Um, Once I finished ministry school, the Lord led me back home and Mm. opened a door for me to be a youth pastor. So I did youth pastoring for three years. Then he confirmed it was time to open a church. And I just said, okay, like, I don't think I'm ready. But if you, you know, if you're, if you're telling me, I'll just, I'll just do it. Yeah, uh, yeah. He confirmed it, you know, the, the door opened and earlier this month, we actually just celebrated seven years com- uh, wow. being, you know, being a standalone church. Wow. Um, so come that's on. been beautiful. I'm married to my, my beautiful wife and she pastors alongside me. Um, she's a powerful fiery preacher as well. Come on. Um, so yeah, we're just running ministry and, you know, doing the Lord's work as, as best as we possibly can. And Man, um, we both on. work in the local school district. We both like to write. Uh, We're very creative. So I'm I'm working on a, there's a couple of books that I got in my heart that the Lord is leading me to kind of put out there. So I'm excited for what else the Lord has, but this has been a beautiful journey. And so that's overall who I am and kind of
0: what I've been through. Yeah. Come on, man. That's amazing. You know, we didn't really mention this before we jumped on, so I might throw you a curveball right here, but uh, (laughs) man, you know, I, you know, you coming out of the lgbtq+ plus community man is is a huge deal so there's not enough testimonies uh, such as your own that mm-hmm. are highlighted um where people are hearing the stories and the testimonies of these brothers and sisters getting delivered getting healed getting set free and so i just want to you know tell our listeners you know wherever you're listening at across the globe across the nation whatever that man, God is still setting the captives free, is He not, Josh? Man, He He's still setting the captive free. He's delivering people, and uh, there are so many people coming out of that community, right, Josh? Mm-hmm. That are that are being set free. I know you're connected with uh, with some of them, mm-hmm. um, but man, praise the Lord for that, and um, such an awesome testimony of what uh, God has done in your life. You are not too far gone. I just want to say that to the listener. Mm-hmm. You you might be on drugs. It's crazy. Me and you kind of have the same testimony and story. One of my accidental overdoses was on ecstasy as well. My junior year in high school, I was extremely, it was like a wave through my mm-hmm. uh, high school, my junior year, and everybody was doing it. I was a drug dealer selling them and doing them. And man, that stuff did a number on me. And uh, But uh, God is faithful. And he's delivering people. You might be listening to this podcast right now, and you're encouraged, and you're saying, "Man, what man? What must I do to be saved? What what happened in this man's life? I need to happen in mine." You might be living a, a LGBTQ lifestyle, and you're saying, "Man, if God did it for him, he can do it for me." And so, I want to encourage you: reach out to us if you are needing help, needing prayer, needing. A way out. Um, we want to be here for you and uh God will deliver you just like he delivered uh Pastor Josh here. Thank you for sharing that, uh brother. So, you know, you planted the church seven years ago, man. Yeah, uh, y'all have been rocking and rolling ever since. Tell me a little bit about what the Lord is doing there at your church and and what you feel like uh God is speaking right now in the earth.
1: You know, one of the major things that I wanted to kind of impress upon the hearts of all of our people, anybody who walks in is that we want to be all about love. We want to make sure that we are embracing people where they're at. And essentially what I've said is we love the hell out of people. Ah, You know, I'm I'm not, I'm not here to scream at you the moment you walk in and tell you that you're not dressed correctly, that you don't look right, that you, you know, know, someone accidentally lets a, a cuss word slip or something. I'm not like, get out of this church. Right. You know, we, we, we love people where they're at, you know, with their messes. Uh, I, I told our, you know, I, I told all of our team, you know, if a prostitute comes in, you love her, you embrace her, sit her with you. If someone comes in drunk, you know, right. they're crawling into the church, you help them sit up on their chair. We put a bucket in front of them if we need to, like, yeah. Yeah. like well, we're, we're going to, we're going to love them. And then, mm. you know, disciple them and understand that it's a process. Um, And not everybody's process is going to look the same. Um, but we're going to love them. And the other major thing that we're doing here is being absolutely spirit led. So there have been times where um, the worship team just goes off and just Mm. continues to play. And they're looking at me like, Hey, like we're done. And I'm like, no, you're not like, you (laughs) know, uh, I'm looking around and there's like people getting delivered at the altar and there's like screaming and crying and all like, like people are embracing and there's so much Mm -hmm. breakthrough. And I'm like, we're not about to cut this move because, oh, it's, you know, we're, we're five minutes over time. Like, like, like we're not doing that. So, um, and then we embrace, you know, singing in the spirit. So there's a lot of spontaneous songs and moments that happen that just kind of pour out. Um, there's been a couple of times where I don't preach at all.
0: Mm. It's just
1: that, you know, the power and the presence of God comes upon it so strongly that just everybody just gets absolutely wrecked. And then at the end, I'm like, okay, well, we got 10 minutes, I guess we'll do tithes and offerings and I'll pray for you all. (laughs) You know, I think we had church already. And um, there was one time I believe we actually went two hours over our normal service uh, and nobody wanted to leave just because of how strong the presence was. So we Mm. um, like like the name of our church, we want to not just be a church, we want to be a house of revival. Yes, so that's why, yes. that's why the Lord had us call it revival center. Yeah. Um, and we are a center of revival in, in the community, not just our city, but our entire region. Mm. We work a lot with other ministers, other pastors and churches in the area. And mm. every now and then we even have, you know, lead pastors that will come and they'll skip their own service and they'll come and they'll receive for a minute. Yeah. yeah We've had people awesome. that want to give up in ministry and they show up to a service. It happens to just be for them. Yeah. We love them. We embrace them. We counsel them. And then they go back and, they go back restored and yeah. they fix relationships that were broken and stuff. So the Lord told yes, me that man. we would be a revolving door that we were not mm. meant to keep everybody that we were called mm. to grab a hold of whoever's supposed to be here and then send wow. out, you know, send back others. And that was okay. So that's essentially yeah. what we've been doing. And yeah, yeah, we have lots of beautiful moves of the Holy spirit and yes. we want to be known for loving people.
0: Yeah. Come on, man. That's so good, man. It's uh, you know, I was talking with um, uh pastor, Jamie, Tuttle. I don't know if you've ever heard of him or not. He's in the Cleveland area, but Judy mm. Jacobs is his wife and they have an incredible church there in Cleveland, Tennessee. And he came and uh preached at our church. We have revival nights on the last Wednesday of every month. And, mm. you know, his church is in revival. Uh we carry the DNA of revival at our church too. And Mm -hmm. man, what I am seeing and noticing that the Lord is doing is that he is raising up hubs of revival, man, this Mm -hmm. stuff where we're like, yo, we're on a time crunch, one fast song, too slow, you know, let's transition, move on, take up an offer. And I'm going to preach a 30 minute sermonette, right? Those Mm -hmm. days are over and God is pouring out his spirit. He's raising up leaders that will flow with the Holy Spirit of God, man. I I can't tell you how many pastors and churches that I'm connected with, that I talk with, spend time with, that this is happening. You know, we went Mm -hmm. through a phase in the in the capital C church and even spirit filled realm, man. I love you. Cause you Holy ghost, man. I'm Holy ghost too, brother. <laughs> yeah. The Holy spirit is who is in charge of our services, man. Like there isn't a Sunday anymore at my church where we don't worship for like an hour plus, like, you know, right, right. and there's been Sundays that I don't preach, but then there's been Sundays that I do preach and we're in there for three hours because the glories broke out. We've worshiped for an hour and a half. Then I'll preach. And then we get back in the altars, you know, so yeah. it's like just the spirit of God is moving and we give him liberty to do that. But I I uh, commend you for that. But it, this is something too, brother, that the Lord is up to. He is doing this and he's raising up uh, young leaders like you and I. I don't even remember how old you are, uh, Josh, but I think <laughs> you're probably about my age. You know, young pastors in their 30s that are, yeah. uh, you know, late 20s, early 30s that are just seeking the glory. We went through a phase in the church where it was like seeker-friendly you know and this is in spirit filled circles where they're like don't let the right. manifestations of the holy ghost show up you're going to scare people you're going to run them off you need to do three services cookie cutter and boom right? hey we'll save that as the special sauce in the back green room and have the worship team pray in tongues back there pray in the spirit back there but don't <laughs> bring that stuff out here in the sanctuary but that god's yeah. done with that god is done with that and yes man so you're a revival church Mm-hmm. The spirit of God is moving there. And uh man, what what an incredible, uh, incredible testimony of what the Lord is doing there at Soul uh Soul Fire Revival Center there in Mercedes, Texas. And man, you keep going, brother. You keep uh letting the Holy Ghost have his way. I'm I'm just a firm believer, and I don't want to say this and I'll shut up and move on, but man, <laughs> the Holy Spirit of God is the greatest church growth plan ever. Yeah, absolutely. And, and people have we've we've uh we've butchered this thing because I don't care how much, uh, who cares how many butts are in the seat if the butts that are in the seat are coming, but they ain't even saved. They're they're not getting delivered. They're not getting healed. They don't have a full on commitment for Christ. They're not bearing their cross, following Jesus, counting the costs, doing all the things that the Lord requires of us. Um, And you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just like you, man. It's like, Hey, come in as you are, we don't believe you're going to stay as you are cuz if you get in the right. presence of God and the holy spirit the holy what the holy spirit can do in one moment i can't do in 10 years of discipleship the discipleship right. got to come after the deliverance discipleship doesn't stick without deliverance so come in as you are But we're firm believers that if the lord is working and moving you won't stay there and i know you line up with That's that That's right. Yeah, too man and uh for sure yeah yeah so good stuff. So I want to get into this too, because you know, like I said, you carry the Lord has blessed you with some some major influence on social media outlets and one of your uh posts that uh, I had reached out to you on, uh you know, about coming onto the show and talking about is this next topic that I kind of want to get into and we'll uh, Mm -hmm. merge several different questions or go a couple of different avenues with this. But, you know, you made a post just a little while back. I think it was like shared 15,000 times and, and, uh, 7,000 likes. And it was just, man, all over the internet there for a while. And it was entitled pastoring is weird. (laughs) And man, you couldn't have said it any better, brother. And I, I don't, I'll feed off of you, but man, yeah. I want you to just kind of <laughs> go into that, man. Talk to our listeners about that, and maybe give a glimpse into the pastoral realm here, here on Kingdom Conversation. We bring on the fivefold ministry, bring on prophets, I bring on apostles, I bring on teachers. We, we have these conversations, and uh, man, from a pastor's viewpoint, I know I'm a pastor, but they hear from me all the time. I want them to hear from you. Talk about this pastoring is weird post?
1: I had no idea it was going to go viral. I had not planned. I did not even pre-think about that, that that (laughs) Mm -hmm. post. It was randomly in the middle of the night. I just felt like sharing my heart because I know that, you know, I I have a lot of pastoral friends. We have an amazing network of local pastors and, Mm. um, we have people to turn to. And I know that not every pastor has somebody to turn to, um, you know, pastors are kind of just expected to have it all together um, to be put together, to be perfect and carry themselves Mm. in a certain way. And it was just on my heart that night. And so I just began typing. And so I just, Mm. you know, but pastoring is, is weird. You know, like you, Mm. you can love people with all that you have with all that you are. And some of them are still going to walk away. You can bless them, you know, and then they're going to turn around and publicly curse you. Um, you know, it's, it's awkward. It's awkward and it's weird Mm. because we still have to love them. And then, and then there's, because everybody has different preferences, there's one that's going to be like, your sermon was amazing. And it really hit my heart. And you know, the person right next to them, it was like, that was annoying. That was a terrible preaching. He doesn't even know what he's doing. And so one person recede and the other person yeah. did not And it's like, okay. Um, you know, if the pastor is thriving financially, right. Well, how, how dare he Oh, talk about you know, he,
0: this Lord have, mercy. right.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he needs to give all that money to the church people and those, po- those poor church people giving all given all their money to him. And yeah. Um, but then of the pastors like poor and struggling with poverty, then it's like, I thought this was supposed to be a blessed man of God. You know, how's he going to be a blessed man of God? And he ain't got no money. And yeah, so all these things take place and, and we're expected to meet people where they're at. And nobody mm. wants to see that pastors are also human, that pastors mm. also have families. Mm. You know, we're expected to walk everybody through every battle and through every victory and through every bit of turmoil and transition. And then. When a pastor does, you know, any minor mistake or even something that's somewhat inconvenient, uh all, all the swords come out and everybody's like, yeah. You see, I knew it. This is why I don't go to church. This is why I don't like pastors, and this is why. And and uh, you know, it just it gets, and that's why I called it pastoring is weird. Mm-hmm. You know, we're expected to endure all of this and be okay. Um, and it's, I got so much feedback from other pastors. Mm. Um, I probably connected with over a hundred pastors in my inbox that were like, pray for me. I'm in this season. I wanted to give up. Nobody ever talks about this. I don't have any pastor friends. I thought I was alone. Yeah. So it was really like, it was, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. Mm. And so, and some people took it as complaining, like, Oh, yeah. you just, you're, you're not mentally good and you're not there. Right. You need a therapist, whatever. <laughs> yeah. But at the end, at the end of that post, I did put, you know, at the end of the day, it's so worth it though. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter that, that you walked out and you want nothing to do with me or the church anymore. I got to, you know, baptize your family. We got to do Mm -hmm. a child dedication for your children. And I believe God's still going to use them, even if they're not here. You know, I got to see you overcome so many different obstacles. Your marriage was restored. Forget Mm -hmm. that you got offended over something small, right? Right. At the end of the day, the Lord restored your marriage. And I'm going to cheer you on for that. Mm -hmm. And even if you leave an offense and you want to start doing something in ministry, the fact that you want to work for the kingdom of God, even if we're not connected anymore, I'm going to cheer you on. And so it's worth it. It's yeah. worth, it, it's worth all the warfare, all the, all the, the backstabbing, the gossip, the slander, whatever. I, I, I don't care at, at that point. Yeah. It's, it's worth it. And I put uh, in the post, you know, that it's challenging and it's heartbreaking and it can be discouraging for many people, mm. but it's also just inspiring and, and it's life changing. Yes. It's not yeah. just a position. It's not just a title. Mm. It's a calling and it's yeah. a beautiful calling to feel like the Lord has asked you to shepherd his people and to guide them. Yeah. Um, as difficult as it may be in certain seasons, it's mm. a, it's a beautiful privilege. Yeah. Um, so I shared about that and it actually got translated into multiple different languages. Yeah. Um, so. it, that was kind of insane. They, they yeah. posted it in a magazine. Um, on, several man. people print printed <laughs> it out, uh, with really yeah. nice graphics and said they were going to give it to their pastor for pastor appreciation. Wow. So I was like, oh. okay, like I just wrote something at midnight cause I couldn't wow. sleep, but I didn't realize it would go that far. Yeah, um, But that was essentially yeah. it. You know, the pastoring can be really intense. And, yeah, yeah. you know, as, as difficult as it is, there's so many beautiful moments in it. And we need to learn to appreciate, you know, what the Lord has given us. And at the same time, we need to connect with other pastors, because I think yeah. every pastor needs a pastor. You yeah. need to be able to have someone that you can lean on and, you know, mm-hmm. to hold up your hands like Moses when you can't hold your staff up anymore.
0: Right, right. Yeah, that's so good, man. And I, I'm so uh, thankful that you shared that. Um, even myself, uh, you know, as a pastor friend with you on social media and all of those things and friend in general, it was such a huge encouragement to me. And I hate it that, you know, certain people, which, you know, so many people are, so they are, um, they're bent on misinterpreting and misunderstanding you. And I find that to be so sad, but it's like, you know, we've got to get past this thing where pastors aren't allowed. This is why so many, I'm going to say this, this is why so many pastors have fallen, Mm -hmm. because there is this level of um, intensity, but also this this, uh, personification that pastors have to be perfect. And I get it. Like we're held to a higher standard. We are you know, uh, you know, we we have to love when nobody else can love. We get we forgive mm-hmm. when nobody else can forgive. We love the unlovable. We forgive the unforgivable. We do all of that. We're called to do all of those things. But man, this is why so many pastors fail and fall because of the pressure of that. But there's no release. You know how it is with mm-hmm. a pressure. A pressure cooker will blow up if it does not get to the point of release. Mm -hmm. And getting to talk about these things and communicate with them. I know there's a level of leadership where you can't let everybody in, but pastors need to connect with other pastors. You said it, pastors need to have pastors. They need to have somebody who will shepherd over their life. Um, You know, and just touching into what you had talked about too. Like just, it's so weird. You pour into people and you pour and you pour poor, and you pour. poor, you invest, and then they'll leave, and they don't even call you, like, they don't even right. call you. it's like, you don't even exist, you know, you try to protect the sheep, and then the moment that you try to protect the sheep, it's like, now you're a wolf, and now, right. you know, it's like, if you are wanting to protect and lead people within your sheepfold, now it's turned to, well, you're not kingdom, and you're, you know, mm-hmm. you're just trying to hold me back, and Pastors have even, I believe, been demonized from uh, folks within the church, obviously, but even in 5 ministry offices, because I get it. It's tough being mm-hmm. a, another five-fold ministry office. We've talked about this a little bit before we jumped on, man. It's like, I get it. Pastors have a spotlight on them. It's like they have a set a mm-hmm. stage to things. They're introduced sometimes at their own church. There's this, there's that. Their name might go out or be somewhere, and all of those things can get out of hand, can get out of control. That people's hearts can end up wrong. We get yeah. into celebrity pastors, and uh, and 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 it doesn't even. So it's funny to me that some people they don't even carry a level of influence like some of these celebrity pastors, but in their mind, they're this celebrity pastor, and it's like, bro, nobody's even. <laughs> talking about you. right now. But yeah. it's crazy that it gets like that sometimes. But just because a few people get like that doesn't mean that uh, we as the church, as the sheep under that pastor, or, or looking at other pastors in our communities, or other fivefold ministry leaders, I know it can be frustrating that, hey, it seems like the pastor's getting all the spotlight, or the pastor's getting this or that. But we've got to protect our hearts in that, and right, right. Uh, and know that the fivefold ministry, man, it's got to come together. It's got to got to work together. The fivefold ministry is supposed to be working hand in hand, arm in arm, locking shields, and doing that. And like you said, man, there there is nothing more fulfilling than pastoring. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes, that's how I feel about it. Although yeah. there is the weirdness of it, there's the struggle of it, there's <laughs> the trials, there's the tribulations. Yeah. There's the backstabbing. There's this level of this, man, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like almost an unobtainable Mm -hmm. uh, level of pressure of how you're supposed to be so perfect, even though there's that pressure there. At the end of the day, when I see somebody get saved, when I dedicate their children to the Lord and I see them growing up in the presence of God, you know, when I see somebody get delivered at an altar and, and be a part of the church, when I send out a leader who sat underneath uh our teaching in our church and now they're doing ministry work, there is nothing more rewarding than that. And mm-hmm. so, man, I man, bless you for releasing that. It was such a a blessing to the Capital C church and the body of Christ. And um, I just just thank you for that. And uh y'all go check that. Uh, post out and read that whole thing. We don't have time to break down the whole thing. But it was just, <laughs> it was so good. It was so good. I want to touch um, on another topic real quick, Pastor yes. Josh, and turn you loose on this, man. The, uh, you know, uh, we was talking about it before we jumped on. When you have a revival church, when you have mm-hmm. a revival center, when you have a hub of revival, where and when we talk about revival, folks, we're talking about glory bombs. We're talking about. Mm-hmm. The presence of God manifesting in the room. He inhabits the praises of his people. When you have a revival church, most the glory breaks out during worship and people are laid out everywhere. Pastors, prayer teams, ministry leaders, they're laying hands, they're praying, deliverance is happening. I can't tell you how many times over the last mm-hmm. year we've literally had demons manifest during worship in people mm-hmm. because... When Jesus noticed this, and I'm going to say this, that I got to turn you loose, but man, Jesus never went looking for the demonized. He never Uh went looking for the demoniac. They always come to him. He's walking down the road and the demon possessed come to him Mm -hmm. and he delivers them. Why? Because his very presence is an indicator that they have to leave. Mm -hmm. And so when Jesus steps into a room, man, I mean, things break out like that in these hubs of revival, these churches that let the spirit of God have control in the services and not worried about an agenda in order of service. So, which brings me into this topic I want to discuss with you on deliverance. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Pastor Josh, what is going on with deliverance in, uh, you know, this, w- the westernized church and the church across the globe? I mean, uh, where, where do you stand on some things with deliverance and some of the deliverance ministries and kind of where we're at? Um, With deliverance i think some of it's become become showmanship where do Mm -hmm. you stand on some of those things
1: so for me what it looks like is that the deliverance minister is being more glorified than the actual deliverer which is Mm -hmm. jesus Mm -hmm. um so that gets a little bothersome um i see the showmanship of where you know I don't think deliverance has to be extremely difficult every single time. I don't think we have to go above and beyond and be super extravagant in the way that things are going. Uh, I don't think we have to have 16 people holding up one person. You know, I I, I don't think we need to wave our hands and everybody falls out, you know, every five, five seconds. I don't, I don't think we need to give a a demon a microphone. What's your name? How'd you get there? Where are you from? What are you doing? How long you've been there? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, in front of a crowd of people, yeah. like everybody's yeah. watching and listening to. Uh, I, I don't agree with that because I see that, you know, this person, the person that's stuck on the inside, uh, their body is being manipulated. Yeah. And we're recording the enemy manipulate and use somebody else's body as a platform for them to get their message out. And I don't I, I don't like that. I don't personally yeah. agree with that. Now, I, I did. I did grow in the spirit by watching, um, you know, deliverance ministers operate in deliverance and seeing like, okay, so that's what a manifestation looks like. Okay. So yeah. that's what happened here. And I think like every now and then, or if it happens at a conference, you're not looking for it. It just mm-hmm. happened. And then the minister took authority. Okay, great. Get this good information to know. I have a, a visual of what, what I'm going to do, you know, so mm-hmm. that helped me grow. But I yeah. think getting to a point where you're walking around with a, with a, a you know, a video camera team with yeah. you 24 seven, and, yeah. you know, every, everywhere you turn, you're like, I come against, you know, whatever spirits are there and, yeah. you know, people manifest. And and then we we end up, you know, recording them, zooming in on their tears, you know zooming in on their vomit. It's like, you yeah. know, that's that's kind of degrading. I, you know, mm-hmm. from my opinion, I think it's a little degrading to those people because we just showcased them being manipulated by the enemy. And I, I don't necessarily yeah. agree with that. I don't like the idea of of sharing those videos. And giving them titles that just look like YouTube clickbait. Yep. Like you, you won't believe what this demon said and right it tried to kill mm-hmm. me and like, you know, stuff like that. It's just for I I think when we go in that direction, it becomes entertainment. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and there should be nothing entertaining about deliverance ministry. We should be looking at the fruit. We should be making sure the person is, is is healed and delivered. We should be making sure that they get discipled. We should be making sure that the doors are closed, whatever doors that were open that allowed these things in. We should not be doing it for likes and shares. Uh, and then by the way, now you can buy my t-shirt and buy my book and invite me because yeah. nobody can cast out demons like I can. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I think oh, what you, about getting... the monthly
0: subscriptions? Have you heard of this? Where we have, have monthly subscriptions to where you've been delivered once, twice, three times, and you need to continue to get delivered. What do you think about that?
1: I don't believe any of that is, is good whatsoever at all. I think yeah. we need to be teaching that, you know, once you're delivered, you need to make sure that those doors are closed. You need to make sure you're not allowing anything else yeah. into your life. Not that you need to pay me monthly to make sure that you remain clean. Cause I think that's, that becomes idolatry, you know, in mm-hmm. a sense because now you're idolizing the minister yeah. and believing that they have the power to make sure that you're set free versus mm-hmm. just taking it to prayer and believing in Jesus and, you know, declaring his truth and his word over over yourself, over your spirit. So, yeah, um, I think that that makes us look at the wrong thing to be able to to have yeah. to do something like that.
0: And not to mention the minister himself, the monopolization of mm-hmm. of ministry like that is uh, uh, at least very questionable, mm-hmm. maybe borderline demonic to try to monopolize. Uh, you know. Uh, 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 taking advantage of individuals who maybe they are continuing to open those doors, Mm -hmm. or maybe it's that you've put this in their mind and now they think that they need this. And they think that this is Mm -hmm. the way that it is. And I just want to be very clear to our listeners, Uh, pastor Josh and myself, we believe in deliverance ministry. Mm -hmm. We operate in that we take authority over spirits and the demonic and we cast out demons. The Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. This mm-hmm. isn't for the office of the prophet evangelists, uh, you know, past just pastors. This is for them that believe they will speak in new tongues, they will cast out devils, they'll prophesy in my name. And so we as ministers of the gospel, we need to be um ready to do these things. We have the mm-hmm. power um to do these things. Um, so we want to be clear on that. Uh, but the showmanship of deliverance and the and the way mm-hmm. that this is heading. Um, we want to be clear um as as two men of God that we're not in agreement with it and we think that this needs to shift and and we pray for you know there's some major ministry de- deliverance ministries that you and I both keep up with and we're familiar mm-hmm. um with the with these brothers in the Lord and I'm praying uh that the Lord would open up their eyes on on some things and uh shift that and uh and and many deliverance ministries Uh, that are doing the same thing. So, amen. We do need to cast out devils. We do need to take authority over them and set the captives free. And that's what we as the people of God are called to do. Uh, One last topic here, Josh, before we got to go is, um, do you mind to talk to our listeners a little bit about, uh, you're you're very prophetic. You have a prophetic ministry. The Lord speaks to you. He shows you things. Um, And uh, I want you to talk on a little bit And tell our listeners, if you believe this, you know, the difference between the office of the prophet and being prophetic or the office of the prophet versus the gift of the prophetic, because I think Mm -hmm. those things are being, those lines are getting blurred. And we as the body of Christ, will you instruct us on that a little bit?
1: Absolutely. And I think the best way that I can do that is relate whatever your calling is versus the things that you can do in your calling or with your calling. Mm-hmm. I know uh, I, my strength is not evangelism. I know that right now I'm more apostolic, more pastoral. That's the direction the Lord has, has brought me into. I can go to the mall right now and ask somebody if I can pray for them. I can go and speak to somebody about Jesus that doesn't mean I'm going to come back and create a Facebook page, Evangelist Joshua right. Reyes, right. Because, I, right, because I evangelized one time. And so that's mm-hmm. something that I can do, but that doesn't mean that that's my exact calling and mm-hmm. specifically a position that the Lord has placed me in with that open door. Mm-hmm. Uh, the same aligns with prophetic. So when we look at, you know, um, we, we look at the list of the gifts of the Holy Spirit prophecy is in there words of wisdom, words of knowledge. Those are in there. That's beautiful discerning of spirits. You know, those are all, you know, gifts that operate in the prophetic, but then we look at the fivefold ministry and prophet is listed there too. So scripture itself shows us that there's a distinction that there's a gift and that there's an office. And, um, you know, I believe it was Paul that says, I desire that you would all prophesy. Mm. So it's like, okay, so that does that mean that we're all prophets? That Mm -hmm. every single one of us is a prophet because now there's no more teachers. Now there's no more pastors, no more evangelists, no more apostles. Now we're just all going to be prophets because he said, I desire that you all prophesy. Yeah. You know? And so it's like, just because you share a prophetic word, doesn't mean that the Lord has given you a position of authority in a church, in a city, in a region, in a nation. Mm -hmm. We look at the prophets that we we read about in the Bible. They had authority. They had authority Mm -hmm. and they had massive influence over specific people groups that they were called to whether right. that be a nation, whether that be directly with a king uh, mm-hmm. and the community recognized them as that. And right. it wasn't because they shared one word or mm. two. It was because they, there was longevity. There was a recognition that this person carries the presence of the Lord. Yes. And we we recognize that when they speak, things happen and they speak with authority and we can feel it in the spirit. We can discern it. Just being able to give somebody a prophetic word. That's a beautiful thing to yeah. be able to move in the gift of prophecy. I love the gift right. of prophecy. Right. I operate in the gift of prophecy. I would never call myself a prophet because sure. I know that that is not my main, you know, that's, that's not what the Lord has placed me in position wise. Right. Uh, so there is absolutely a difference in that. If someone is going to be called as a prophet, I believe the Lord will reveal to them and confirm to whoever their audience is that they are supposed to be working together. I believe that our churches should have a prophet I believe that we should have an evangelist, that we should have teachers, you know, I believe we need to be connected, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, we have 20 prophets in our church, um, just because, just because they operate at some level in the gift of the prophetic. And we have a lot of prophetic people in our church. Um, I I don't negate that. I I let them know you're very gifted and anybody, and, Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, this with all my heart, anybody who seeks who seeks the Lord at a really deep level, who becomes a powerful intercessor, who asks the Lord for discernment is going to be able to hear his voice when he speaks is going to be sensitive to the guidance of the Holy spirit. And at one point or another is going to be able to produce some type of prophetic word for somebody. Yeah. Uh, So that means every single one of us has the ability. We have the capability of operating in the gift of prophecy, but that doesn't mean that everybody is called to be specifically in a high level of influence. Um, to be able to speak prophetically over an entire group uh, of of people, whether it be a church prophet uh, recognized, you know, recognized by the city, recognized by the region and, mm-hmm. and so forth.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so good, man. There's there's a, a, a lot of teaching and some new teaching that's out there. It's like everybody is a part of the fivefold ministry uh, and the fivefold offices, which mm-hmm. obviously I'm in complete disagreement. I think that those are. Right. Um, callings that the Lord uh, uh, gives to individuals. Mm -hmm. And yes, they are a gift to the church, but the gifts and the calling of the offices are two different things. And uh, somehow we've gotten to this place where we're muddying up the waters on that. Um, But yes, uh, the Bible says, earnestly seek the gifts. I believe I'm in Mm -hmm. a complete agreement with you. 100%. You earnestly seek it. You pray, you intercede, you're asking God for it. The Bible says he gives gifts to those as he seems, as he sees fit, to whom he mm-hmm. sees fit, too. Right. You know, so it isn't like uh, everybody's going to speak in tongues. Everybody's going to prophesy. He gives those gifts as he sees fit to the individuals mm-hmm. who he sees fit to give those to, and those who earnestly seek him. I'm a firm believer of this. I've preached it. I've taught it. The keys to the kingdom of God are not for the casual Christian. Mm-hmm.
1: Right. They're for
0: the seeker. Therefore, the right. God doesn't if he told you don't cast your pearls to swine, uh, what makes you think he's going to do that with his own pearls? Right. 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 Uh, and so, man, the the gift uh, operating in those gifts is key. Um, there is a, even teaching out there right now that's going to some wild stuff that I've been coming across lately, man. But it's like there's people out here teaching if you don't have the fivefold ministry operating in your church that you're not, you're not a biblical church, you know? So if you don't have an apostle, prophet, teacher, evangelist, and pastor within that church, you need to shut your doors. You're non-biblical. You need to go find somebody to sit underneath, which I find to be absolutely crazy and bonkers. Like, cause I'm a big believer in the five-fold ministry. We need each other. We don't function well without each other. Just like you, you'd said, man, we've got, I, I luckily have, and we're not luckily, we're blessed to mm-hmm. have uh, an apostle sitting over us. We've got prophets in the church. We've got people that hold those offices. We've got mm-hmm. teachers. So Obviously, I'm the pastor. We, we have evangelists. We have all those things. But not every church, as far as a building or a small people group meeting, has the luxury of having that doesn't mean they're not connected with them, but it means they might not have that within their church. And just because they don't doesn't mean that their church is non-biblical and that they need to shut their doors and stop sharing Jesus with their people and in their community. I just find that to be baffling that that is even being taught. But yes, man, thank you for sharing that. The gift in the office, folks, are two different things. We all need to be earnestly seeking the gifts. We all need to be operating mm-hmm. in the gifts, being trained in the gifts, all of those things. But when it comes to the offices of the fivefold ministry, those are set out for people that God has specifically called into those levels of authority and power. Amen. So as Amen. we close this out, Brother Josh, um, I just want to ask you, you know, uh, is there a, a word or a prophetic word, something that God is showing you in the spirit realm as we end today's show for the Capital C Church? You know, what has God been showing you? What has God been speaking to you. I know we have all this thing going on with Israel right now. By the way, we're praying for Israel. We're believing for the deliverance of God's children and his people. Um, but man, what is God put on your heart right now? What is it that you need to give the body of Christ? What is it that you see the Lord doing?
1: That there is a massive separation between the wheat and the tares that's taking mm-hmm. place right now. We've seen it in recent times where it's a little bit, you know, it's a little bit more subtle. I think we're stepping into that season now where There's Christians that are having their their eyes completely wide open and they're beginning to renounce certain things that they Mm -hmm. did before. And then Mm -hmm. there's others that are defending demonic practices and believing that it's from the Lord. And and so it's like there's beginning to be a a, a much clearer divide. Whereas Mm. before it was like, oh, their church does this, you know, our church does this kind of. And, you Mm -hmm. know, where the lines may have been a little bit blurred about what's okay, what's not okay. Um, I believe the Lord is calling the, the remnant like the real the real church that actually yeah. stands on on all biblical truths, right. not cherry picking certain pieces that you you stand on the biblical truth of the Lord. You operate fully and, you mm-hmm. know, in his heart, believing in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, yes. depending on him rather than depending on man. And I think the call is you need to stand. You yeah. need to stand and you need to be vocal about what you believe in. Um, nice. I get I get messages all the time that like, oh, my gosh, you're so bold. Uh, mm-hmm. I could never say that. Or I have friends that are doing what you said. So I can't you know, I can't yeah. share that post. And I'm thinking, why not? Are you, yeah. know, are you are you valuing the opinion of your friend? Are you valuing that friendship more than the actual biblical truth? Yeah. Because if something is done out of order, if something is incorrect, if something is demonic, if something is immature, um, childish, you know, in the, in the spirit, why are you going to partner with it? Why are you going to allow it to continue in those friendships? A good friend yeah. is going to approach that and say, that's not right. Right. And and I think the call right now is for Christians to stand up, not be afraid of cancel culture, yeah. not be afraid of, you know, even, you know, what what if my job is on the line? So let your mm. job be on the line. Yeah. I mean, is your job going to be more important than than? you know, standing at the feet of Jesus and, and, and he tells you away from me. I never do you oh, yeah. like you, you never proclaim my name in front of people. Mm. Like you, you, you wore the Christian, you know, you wore a Christian t-shirt. You wore your church shirt. Mm. It said Jesus on it. You wore a cross on your necklace. Yeah. You would say amen in church and you lived like I didn't exist. You never spoke my name. Wow. You were worried about what people said, not what I said. Mm. Um, and, mm. and I think right now we're in that season where people are waking up and deciding to become more vocal. Yeah. And before that, that more vocal, you know, Uh, perception of themselves begins to come out i see that they're being awakened in their mind being awakened in their spirit to Mm. what is real what is not real what is what is truly holy ghost and what is what has been falsified by false prophets uh, and put out there masquerading as the holy ghost and so there's Mm -hmm. an increased level of discernment and i see an increased level of boldness and i believe the body of christ we need to make a choice where we stand not where we lean like Ah. oh i'm kind of more not where we lean, not where we where we kind of partner with, but legitimately, where do you stand? Because yeah. there's only going to be two sides. There you is know. no middle ground. You have to decide where you stand exactly and pray for discernment because you want to make sure that you're standing on the right side. Yeah. Not the right side of history, yeah. the right side of the kingdom.
0: Come on. Come on. That is so good, brother, man. Thank you for sharing that separation mm-hmm. of the wheat and the tares and we as the people of God, the children of God. Have to stand. We cannot uh, uh, be fearful of cancel culture. We've got to raise mm-hmm. our voice. Right, my good friend, Pastor Miles Rutherford just wrote a book. Raise your voice. Put out mm-hmm. a plug for Pastor Miles right now. Go buy that <laughs> book. You can get that on Amazon right now. And uh, Pastor Josh is going to be releasing some books. I'm writing my first book right now. So when we get these done, man, we'll have you back on the show and and talk about that. But man, let's us as the body of Christ. Let's ad- adhere. To this word that uh, Pastor Josh has given us, you know, there is a separation taking place. We need to operate in discernment. I was telling my church just a little while back, you know, we're in the year of the open door, the new door, and Mm -hmm. it's going to take spiritual sensitivity spiritual discernment to understand where we need to go and where we are heading. And so with this word that you're giving right now, it is the same thing. You, We need spiritual discernment and sensitivity to know which side it is that we're standing on. We've got to Mm -hmm. represent Jesus. We've got to tell people about the Lord. He's coming back, people. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for a bribe that is spotless and, and without blemish. Obviously the spotless and without blemish thing is because of his finished work and being Mm -hmm. found in him, but just be found in him. When you're found in him, you qualify yourself for that spotless church that without blemish church uh, because of the finished work of the cross. And so turn it over to him, stand, stand on the wall, be a watchman in this season uh, of separation. Wow. That's so good. Pastor Josh, Thank you so much for coming on the show today, man. It was an honor to have you. Appreciate all your insights and your vision, your heart for the kingdom of God, brother. It was an honor.
1: Thank you for having me. And I look forward to continuing to remain connected to you all in your ministry. And God's going to continue to do great and mighty things.
0: Yes, sir, man. We're praying for you as well. Like I said, folks, connect with Joshua Reyes. He is under it's under Joshua Reyes on mm-hmm. Facebook. Are you on Instagram as well, right? I'm on Instagram. Okay. Instagram. Yeah. Uh you doing stuff on TikTok too, or just I don't
1: have a TikTok. I don't, don't have, the I, don't have the, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have the I don't have X. I don't have those gotcha, things. gotcha. Yeah.
0: So connect with him though on social media. Connect with him on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, get some word from this brother. He putting it out there. We appreciate your time today. To you, the listener here on Kingdom Conversations, we appreciate you. And we thank you for tuning in today. Until next time on Kingdom, Kingdom Conversations, we'll talk to you soon.